So for the past few weeks, things have been kind of weird. We have been talking about government conspiracies. Uh, we've got some supernatural conspiracies. We've had some kind of more down-to-earth college conspiracies. Everything across the board. But today, we are going back to one of my personal favorites, cryptids. This is Conspiracy What? I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm Allie. Today we're talking about the Dover Demon. It's in Massachusetts. Cam, say Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Hey, you did it. I did it correctly. Uh, yeah, so the Dover Demon is from Dover, Massachusetts. I can't say that multiple This times. town is known to have more horses than people, and that's not an exaggeration. Every time I look at Dover really quickly, I think it's Denver. I've said Denver in my head multiple times. Yes. This uh, is very hard. Yeah, but this was in April of 1977. Yeah. There were three snubby little teenagers that saw this thing. It's all at nighttime. It only happened over the span of two nights. It's like the shortest time span, yeah, for a cryptid. Of uh, any, and, and there's nothing since. It's only these two nights and three witness counts. Yeah, it's a weird uh, case where it kind of happened over the span of four weeks, but the actual witness accounts are over the course of 24 hours. 26 hours. 26 hours. But essentially over the course of one day, not much more. I mean, essentially what happens is you have a few people who randomly spot this creature in this basically pretty small town just uh, just imagine like in a in a rich white town if something of mild of of mild interest happens <laughs> like something other than one of the thousands of horses that live here escaped happened and yet none of these children that said that like gave these accounts were thought of as hooligans they were <laughs> children that were trusted yeah but we're we're jumping let's so, what's the actual witness count? Let's just get into that. Because this one's pretty simple. It's like pretty... Shouldn't, shouldn't we say what the Dover Demon looks like first? I mean, that's what the first witness account kind of, kind of comes okay. in, right? Because the first one is kind of the first description we ever get of it. Um, the first Dude. two witness accounts will happen in the same night. Like within ba- barely two hours of barely each other. Barely two hours of each other and about 1.2 miles of each other. And barely. And the third one will happen the next day also almost, at night almost exactly 24 hours after this second one yep so there's this dude bill bartlett that guy yeah he's in a car with i don't know was it two or three other teenagers uh story like seems to change yeah I, I, I like we watched a documentary one said uh three and then the book that we read also said two i think oh yeah two others two others so three so, total technically i don't know i feel like the book was more reliable what was the book i feel like that's where we got most of our good information the book is monsters of massachusetts by lauren coleman the that guy yeah we've brought him up before on the show because well i mean probably a, mostly doing mothman yeah he's like a preeminent cryptid he's, investigator he's the right? man yeah he's he, he he's has, a cryptozoologist he has the cryptid museum in maine somewhere he was going to college in Boston at the time. This was something that was kind of close to home. So he took a trip down to investigate it. But again, Wait, Bill Bartlett. Did he did he investigate it in the 70s? He investigated it in the four weeks after it happened. Oh, I yeah. thought he came back in the 80s. No, no, no. no. He did he also come back it. in the 80s? Well, yeah, he's come back multiple times. This has been a big case throughout his life. Yeah, but so Bill Bartlett, he was with, it sounds like two other people. Some teenagers uh, in the car. However, even though there are two other people, they don't see anything. Uh, Bill's the only one that's actually paying attention. The other ones are talking to each other, not paying a bit of attention. Um, this was around 10 p.m. on April 21st. And essentially they drive past uh, one of those rock kind of walls, like one of those rock and mortar type of walls. It's like a little stone wall. Yeah, that's right on the edge of a forest. Um, and he sees this little creature this little naked fleshy orange creature I just say naked <laughs> because it's a naked fleshy orange creature and that's you <laughs> yeah that's the best way to put it right uh, but he sees this thing on the wall and it's like grasping the wall in the way kind of like like i imagine a chameleon like how they move slowly and oh, they yeah. just kind with of with the long creepy fingers yeah yeah with like the really long fingers well, um, it's, he described it as a creature creeping along a stone wall on the side of a road yeah um, he said the head was the same size as his body, um, like a weird watermelon-ish shape. Uh, he described it as specifically a peach color, 
like a like an exaggerated skin color kind of orange or like I guess like Trump skin color <laughs> and he said the eyes were like giant orange marbles um, the skin looked like rough wet sandpaper which I don't know how well you can see that from the car at night in your headlights that's the only little bit that I'm like well is that really what you saw? I think the the rough wet sandpaper is actually fair because this is also right by a creek, apparently, which is probably why that wall's there. It's probably like a creek that runs underneath the road. That's what it looks like on the map. Hmm. Um, so the creature was most likely wet, whatever it was, standing on top of it, which would make the most sense. Uh, but yeah, he saw this. He freaks okay. out. He tells his friends that he sees it. One more thing. It was also like about three to four feet tall. I think it's important. Oh, yeah, about three to four feet tall or long, whichever, because it's not standing upright in, in terms of this witness yeah. account. Um, but, yeah, he he freaks out about seeing it. He tells his friends. They're like, no way, blah, blah, blah. Then eventually they convince him to turn back around. Uh, they just drive straight past it, which, to be fair, if I saw a creature that looked that weird, I might stop. Yeah. And actually take I a don't look. Know. I'm like, three to four feet's not that big. If I saw a giant creature... That was scary on the side of the road. I would hit the gas. <laughs> but if I saw something small like that, I mean, they also describe it as like a monkey-like body, so I feel like it might be a monkey. Like, you know, like I would stop. Like, what the fuck is a monkey doing in the middle of fucking Massachusetts in the forest? Well, yeah, if it's like a it's like a primate type of body crawling around this wall, I mean, you'd think he'd stop. But it, regardless, he didn't stop. Uh, and he turns back around, though, after some convincing from his friends. They then drive up to the wall again. Uh, they don't get out of the car, but they don't see anything. The, the thing, whatever it is, is gone. It's hard to say how long that little bit was, but even if it's 30 seconds, I mean, it's just a rock wall. It could easily move. Uh, so it kind of just disappeared. Bill Bartlett swears that he saw it. He then goes home that night, uh, and using his photographic x-men powers he remembers the creature and then draws it uh, he was a prolific artist at this time he was actually already part of an artist society um somewhere in the area and that was i mean that was his whole career goal anyway and apparently he had been training himself to like to have a really good photographic memory like anytime he'd see something that he wanted to draw he would immediately commit it to memory right and this isn't the first time that he'd proven that he can do this I mean, his, that's his entire art style, like the basis of it, is he draws realistic, or I don't know what his medium is, but he, he does realistic artwork. He was just well known at the time for being able to have a photographic memory. So in terms of this case, it's not like it's crazy that he's like, I completely 100% remember it. And he did it within the same night. He made this drawing, and it's the most famous drawing of this well, creature. Yeah, the story is that he dropped his friends off, immediately went home and drew it, mostly right. because they asked him to draw it because right. they wanted to see it. Yeah. So like, I don't know. And, and apparently when he came home to his parents, noticed that something was wrong and they they believed him because he's not one of those little shits that's like look oh god i saw ufo mom is crazy but what we have is he goes home and he's freaking out and he's drawing this or whatever and you know i have to assume that he's probably thinking who's gonna believe my story he still actually says that to this day that he kind of wishes he hadn't told the story yeah he says he regrets telling it because it makes him feel like he's a psycho but right. he still fully believes that he saw something he doesn't have any explanation for it no and he also doesn't think well maybe i was drunk or maybe i was high or maybe i just wasn't paying attention or maybe i was no he like he legitimately he knows he saw something. He knows he saw what he drew. He doesn't take it back. He just kind of wishes that he's not part of this so-called crazy cryptozoology <laughs> thing that's that hasn't died in like 40 years also, mind you. But he was actually not alone. He would have probably liked to know at the time that he is not the only person who saw something that night because we also have John Baxter. Two hours later. And this is, this is an important thing because when the creature is first spotted, it's on one side of this basically wall of trees, this little mini piece of a forest. And then when it's seen again, 1.2 miles and two hours later, it is on the other side of those trees. Yeah. So they're actually seeing this thing in the same period of time, in the same space like right next to each other so it's not just that two witnesses saw something in a similar city or like town or whatever they saw this a mile away from each other in the same set of trees it was also all just just a mile down the creek that it was right on. so it's moving is what it looks like whatever it is but this guy's got a completely different story yeah i feel like his is probably creepier because like at least the first dude saw it in a car right 
got your own little confined space. You can drive away at a fast speed, outrun most things. You've got protection, right? This dude, nah. He was walking home from his girlfriend's house, walking on the street, and he saw something walking towards him. 30 minutes into his walk. Yeah. He's 30 minutes into walking. He's about a mile down the road from his girlfriend's house, all alone, and he sees this thing. He sees something walking towards him, like, like on two legs, bipedal. He thinks it's one of his friends in the area, so he like calls out to the friend, and the thing just kind of stops, right? Just fucking creepy, as is. And then it doesn't respond, it doesn't move, it doesn't say anything, so he immediately calls out like the friend's name. I think was just NG or something that he called it. Something like that, yeah. And then, like, he steps forward and says, like, who's that? And it scurries off, which I think is the creepiest part. Because if you see something, like, walking towards you and then it scurries away, that just, like, instills this awful imagery. Okay, what the fuck was just walking in front of me? And I guess it... I couldn't really tell. Did it go across the river again? I can't tell if he was walking on the river or not. So after... I guess it's just a creek. So after it kind of starts to run away from him, he kind of like, the way it was described, the way it seems is he does like that fast walk thing where you're not quite running, not quite walking, and he's chasing it into the like, woods. Like, oh fuck, I need to see what this is, but I don't really want to run after it. Right, and he stops <laughs> at a certain point, and that's when he sees it gripping onto a tree, holding onto the side of it. And um, standing on a rock. And standing on a rock, and it's staring at him with, again, giant orange eyes. Yeah. Which is another key thing because he sees the same thing. And he describes the head shape as more of a figure eight, right? Yeah. Where it's like, it's got that watermelon shape, but it's kind of bowed in on the sides. If you've ever seen, we'll kind of get into this, I guess. But if you've ever seen a, and like the depiction of a gray, the type of alien, similar head shape. Similar everything. Yeah. Honestly. Similar. Except for the color. Right. But we'll talk about that. But, uh, so he, he described it more as... Like, so he, he saw the long fingers, and then he said, like, the feet were molded to the rocks underneath, which the way he drew it, it was just, like, really long, creepy fingers right. also that it was standing on. And then, um, like, the big body, and then he also said it, it looked like a monkey body. Yeah. Which, that's the most consistent thing, is that it looked like the body of a monkey, but then the head's really weird. Right, and it has really long fingers because he describes it as wrapping the fingers around the tree trunk that it's holding onto. It's not a huge tree, but it's wrapping his fingers around, and investigators later, they went to go investigate that same area, and the tree that he supposedly saw it holding onto was about eight inches um, in diameter. So he's like holding, but I mean, eight inches around is a lot for fingers to be disappearing into. So he's holding it all the way around. Yeah. Um,. So I think that's mainly that. He also drew it. Um, it's and just it's just a little bit less detailed than the first guy, but it's yeah. still pretty good. It's actually really solid. These are two of the best witness account drawings I've ever seen. Yeah. And the thing here is that these two kids didn't know each other. The second one, I found it was actually three or four years younger than the first one. And he, like, they technically were going to the same high school at the time. But if you've ever been to high school... <laughs> When you're a senior, you don't necessarily know all the freshmen. You don't so, necessarily like, know the person in the grade behind you. Like, you yeah. They, they claim to have never met each other. They really had no relationship to each other at all. They drew these, these two pictures not knowing anything about the other accounts or anything. And yet they look like almost exactly the same. Like, one's just a slightly less detailed, but it's like, it's got the fingers, it's got the eyes, it's got the head, it's got the creepy little body, it's got yeah. everything. And they wouldn't know about each other for, like, the next five days, either. So they're both telling the story to whoever will listen. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is neither of these kids actually, like, immediately, like, decided to tell anybody. They were just, like, so scared, they went home. They drew the thing, and that was it. One... Like, they, they just kind of sat with this information told their parents but then like what were we gonna say well i was gonna say i believe it was bartlett who was talking to a group of friends about it who you know he's probably showing them the picture and a professor says that they overheard it and that's the Mm -hmm. only reason why bartlett ever told anybody else other than his parents both kids seem to have told their parents and both sets of parents also believed them which is also important but yeah but then so they think they see this thing and you know whether or not they saw the alien or whatever this creature might be is up to conjecture however then we have of course as we mentioned the next night which we have another witness account 
in the same area. In the same exact area. It's again only like another mile away, but it's still down the same creek. And this, so it's clearly been staying around that, like, I guess it'd probably be like a three-ish mile radius right. around the creek. But if you if you plot it out on a map, it's like a perfectly straight line. Yeah. And this was Abby Brabham and Will Tainter. They were driving around, I believe, right? And they both saw it. He was driving her home. Okay, so he was driving her home, and they both saw it this time. So it's not just one person. Mostly Abby again, the driver, or no, she wasn't the driver. Um, But Abby saw it like full on, like she was able to catch the details and everything. But Will apparently just kind of caught a glimpse. Like he was mostly just able to see that it was like a four-legged creature that looked creepy as shit, and he said it was definitely not a dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and since since this time, too, it should be said that uh, both Abby Brabham and Bill Bartlett have both spoken out in multiple interviews, recent interviews. The only... Baxter, nobody has really contacted for another interview. He works in a completely different city now. They sort of have, but he's like some kind of like law officer or something. Right, so he's and he's little... like completely unwilling to say much about it. But like, as far as I know, um, Will is actually um, dead now. I think Will Tainter passed away though. Yeah. And but the other three are actually still willing to at least comment on things, which I think is interesting. But yeah, she she said something similar to the, to the other two. Um, there's only one minor difference. Like she said, it was on all fours. It had skinny little legs. It had a monkey body. Um, she said it was like a beigeish tan color. So again, with like skin-ish color. She pointed out that it had no nose, ears, or mouth. It was hairless. But her account said it was green eyes instead of orange. Which she never changed her story, which is also something that people claim makes her more credible. Because she stuck by her story for, I mean, up until now. She hasn't changed anything. And even though the other two said it was orangish eyes, she says, nope, I definitely saw green eyes. Yeah, so that one's a little bit shorter, but that was also at midnight. I don't know how we said that, which is important. Right. So those are the three main accounts of this. And those are really like the only three accounts at all. And also she she didn't know the other two either. Like all of these three were completely independent incidents. Right. Like none of these kids were friends. Like none of their, it doesn't sound like anybody really knew each other at all, even by mutual friends. Yeah. So... This is all just three completely different incidents, which I think is why this this little story has continued for so long. Is these kids were all were all said to be like of sound reliability. Like nobody thought that they were bad kids or the kind of kids that would make shit up just for fun. Although if you've ever seen American Animals, you never know what an adolescent can do. <laughs> you could be completely normal and then suddenly decide to do an art heist for fun. Yeah. But there is so there's other evidence in terms of kind of circumstantial evidence here that kind of backs them up for one the biggest thing we've mentioned multiple times sightings are consistent in terms of what the thing looks like minus the eye color which we can talk about here in just a minute because there could be a reason why um yeah but the minus the eye color but they go along the trout brook this creek and it goes in a straight line along this which means it's staying in the same area and also it's the same description so you could right. you could pretty much assume that it's the same creature right and this was all within again i mean 26 hours so i mean really you can just jog it down to one day time frame so really just two separate nights i mean it's not that is one of the most consistent witness accounts of a cryptid like i've ever heard well yeah that's that's the reason why this one is considered so considered like something to look at I guess something we can investigate further and probably not a hoax like they they definitely saw something like whether it's terrestrial extraterrestrial or i mean god knows what else everyone believes that these kids saw something so a lot of people do believe this the only person that's ever actually said that he doesn't believe the story is one random professor at the school he's not even worth going into because everybody else has said that they yeah, do not their doubt own the parents, story which make can be credible and not because like a parent is definitely going to be like minus, yeah, my kid is great minus actually i guess i am wrong it was two people because abby abby's parents said that or abby's dad said that he did not believe them well, and he, that he didn't say up. that he said she probably saw something but it was probably just like an animal right yeah it's, he he didn't believe the eccentric part of the story necessarily uh but she's positive of it she's 100 percent that she saw something she's not only 100 but she believes 100 that the other two are wrong about the eye color as well yeah, so she, she believes like, she, she saw by her story but what i love about that is she believes she saw the same thing as them she just thinks that they saw the wrong eye color should we talk about the eye color though 
But let's talk about the eye color. We actually brought this up a lot in the Mothman episode, if you listen right. to that. Because that's one of the things, too, is Mothman is described as having bright red glowing eyes. And I feel like this probably comes up in a lot of cryptid theories. Because it's like, they have glowing, creepy eyes. And it's like, well, actually, uh, we talked about it. But animals tend to have like a reflective, like a much more reflective surface in their eyes that absorbs more light so they can see at night. And then it reflects back as usually whatever color the light is. But if you think about it, the the two boys said that it looked orange, but their headlights, especially in those old 70s cars, were probably like super orange. Oh yeah. Which means when you reflect and or you shine an orange light in like some giant eyes, it's probably gonna reflect back at you. Well, and some creatures just have like specific colors in their eyes. Like for instance, my dog uh, had one blue refracting eye and one green. So his colors were not the same. So Or like even with our cats. I mean you can look at like if you look at Noodle sitting in the hallway at night <laughs> and his eyes look like green, but sometimes if you like turn on the bathroom light, they'll turn kinda yellow. Right. It just like it depends on really like what the the light is reflecting off of it. Yeah, it depends on the situation. They can change colors. Uh, so th- so that's one reason why they could have seen different colors. It also could be a reason why they're seeing glowing eyes in the first place. Or maybe it was a creature with glowing orange eyes, but then the other girl had different headlights that reflected off the orange eyes and, and made him green. It could also be that as well. <laughs> I mean, it could be dirty headlights. Could literally be a million things. Um, but. That is one of the biggest things there about why that could be inconsistent. So it's kind of an easy inconsistency to squash because, for one, it doesn't mean that the creature even had glowing eyes. It could just—it's most likely more I than mean, anything. It's nighttime. It's most likely refraction. So even if it is an alien, even if it is, <laughs> is a demon, an alien, a possible creek mermaid, the whole stupid one. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I forgot to put that in but there. <laughs> even if it's possibly that, it doesn't mean it has glowing eyes. It could just be refraction. Most creatures have those. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is. But can you imagine if humans had glowing eyes like that? We do sort of, but not to the extent of like a cat or a deer. No, we're not as cool. That would be really creepy. That'd be really scary in a movie theater. Yeah, it'd be really creepy anywhere. Can you imagine yeah. the kind of horror movie shit we can get out of that kind of content? No, thank you. Yeah, no, that'd be horrifying. But yeah, I'm scared. We don't. Uh, <laughs> but another fun thing about this city, though, and this is kind of one of the things that you go a little bit away from the evidence and you kind of go more into the fun zone down the slide. Um, but this is Farm Street's Puka slash Polka Rock. This is a fun one for cryptozoologists because there are some, it seems, that would connect this to like a fairy folktale lore, and that is because of the misspelled polka which is actually supposed to be the word puka, which comes from Celtic folklore, which is something that has to do with the land of the fairies. Now, you know the land of the fairies because we've talked about the land of the fairies because we talked about them in the gnomes Fairy episode. Fairy folk. The gnomes kind of go together with the fairy folk. They're kind of just like weasel fairies, right? So, like, yeah, a puka is basically like a, a goblin or like just a little creature of the night. Um, I'd almost add gnomes into that, too. Because they're basically nocturnal. They kind of run around at night, though. Like most of the stories I saw, it was always at night. They're terrifying people. But anyway, um, there's I don't know if this is a real rock or if it's still there. Um, But there's just like I don't know a little story for the town because it's a small town and that's what you get when you live in a small town. And there was I can't remember the whole thing, but there was like another story about the demon on horseback in that area, and then also some people dug holes around the rock like looking for something or whatever yeah i mean there's been other accounts of weird things in this area nothing this specific area i'll say nothing bigger than the dover dam it's really not substantial at all nothing substantial at all but the dover demon is substantial and this was again these were the first three and last three sightings ever i was i pointed out earlier too like just before we started doing this, that I think it's funny that nobody has even mentioned like an actual good attempt even at creating another Dover Demon sighting. Like you'd think by now, like 40 years later, we'd have at least somebody who's like, I saw it again. But really like, even if they did, it must be like so incredible that like no one's even willing to mention it. Like we just stick to these three sightings as the only, like the incidents 
of the Dover Demon. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of a weird one because you have great sightings and then nothing, which is so rare. It's so weird. But it doesn't detract from the sightings themselves. Even with, like, Mothman, for example, like, that happened, what was it, like, the 60s? Mm, 50s? I'm going to say 60s. Did it start in the 60s? I can't remember. I don't remember. That was a while ago. Go listen to our Mothman episode. Let us know we'll tell when you. that happened. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you. You tell us. Um, and then, so, like, even with that one, though, that was, like, way back. Like, at least, like, 50 years ago, I'd say. And then there were more sightings in Chicago in, like, 2016 or 17. I forget what the date was, but it was definitely modern within the last, like, five years. So, I mean, like, even with that one, it's still, like, a consistent thing that occasionally pops up. But, like, the Dover Demon has never popped up again. Right. So, after these cases happened, there was an investigation. There was actually a police investigation. There was a cryptozoological investigation. And just kind of the townspeople themselves. I think the police investigation was interesting because, like, somehow people found out that these two kids had seen these sightings, right? Um, The two that drew the pictures. And they collected them and realized that they're, like, the exact same picture. So then, like, the police were actually interested in this, which is also something that doesn't happen that often either. It seemed like the town was pretty, like, into this. Like, they were willing to at least, like, give it a shot to see, like, what the fuck was going on. Again, the only time you really hear about this is still one of my favorites and, um, you know, all hail Mothman. But... He had a case of the police because some teenagers were chased. You know, they were driving 100 miles per hour and they were chased down while Mothman was flying beside them. (laughs) Never forget. That's my favorite thing, though, too, is that story was like, we were driving 100 miles an hour down the road. And then, like, this one, like, the first kid, he's like, yeah, I flew around the corner at, like, 45 miles an hour. I was so scared. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe that is fast. I don't. That's like the residential speed limit here. It really is. <laughs> uh, so let's get into what our cryptozoological investigators here might have found. Because we have people like, what? Uh, what's his name? Lauren Col- Coleman. Lauren Coleman. We have people that like Coleman. Guy. He investigated the hell out of this. Yeah, he actually wrote a really good bit in he's, this book. He's written three different bits over the course since 1983 Well, like, it's the same book. It's the same book that he's been updating every, like, ten years or so. Well, yeah, so he has that book, but he also wrote... The book that we read is a different book. Um, That's just... He's giving a more updated account, basically, is what he's doing. But it's a different book, kind of a more succinct version of his different things that he's investigated. He has He has investigated things all over... What state is this? What is it, Kim? All over Massachusetts. So... He has investigated <laughs> cases all over Massachusetts. But oh, you said it almost. I almost said it. It was close. I can't say it three times. I probably couldn't say it 1.5 times. Say it one more time. Mass Massachusetts. Anyway, so what we have here, we do have some theories over the years that kind of come down to what this thing could be. Everything from we got aliens, which are gonna be my favorite, so we're gonna talk about that here in a minute. But first, we have a baby moose. And this is the most wrong. I moose ask you a question. <laughs> Why? Is it the most wrong? Well, I can see where they were going with this, but mostly only if you look at a picture of a baby moose, because um, I've, I mean, I've personally never seen an actual moose in real life, but I have looked at the scale, mostly because of some X-Files, uh, some X-Files episode, where I was like, holy shit, that's huge. There's no way that's the size of a moose. A moose is like unnecessarily large. Those things are monstrously huge. I'm sure some of you have probably seen them. If you're in Canada, I bet they're all over the place. Like a baby moose, sort of makes sense because if you see it it's got like those really long silly looking legs and they're really skinny and then it's got like that big moose head and if it's looking at you head on you'd really only see the eyes and it's not going to have like a a nose or a mouth on it Yeah. and uh, one person claims that when it's so young and it's looking at you at a certain angle apparently the ears can be laid back just enough to where you probably wouldn't see them in the dark yeah well they said that this happens specifically when they're angry so it's a different situation I guess so but, but, like, my beef here, too, is the first account is, like, it's on a fucking rock wall. Yeah. <laughs> what animal, moose, deer, horse, or cow of that kind of nature is going to get on a fucking rock wall and creep? I feel like it's, like, a giraffe trying to walk over Also, the, the fingers. Yeah, the fingers. Now, Which are consistent moose, amongst three. Let me tell you, a moose with fingers crawling over a rock wall would be one of like, the most terrifying things we've ever heard of you should pull up the book again because he makes a joke about it being like an orange moose with fingers or something and like yeah uh lauren coleman says that like it would 
it would be more interesting almost it'd be more if it was scary. an orange moose. It'd be more terrifying yeah. if it was an orange moose with giant glowing orange eyes and fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, the biggest problem, at least in the 70s, I guess it's more common now, but at, at least in the 70s, there were no moose in Massachusetts. There were, and they were seen in the area, yes, they did. But it was mostly just travelers, bit, but, but yeah, like, it was males. And it was males specifically, and we're talking two-year-old males that are like 650 pounds. They're traveling, no, that's 650 pounds is a baby moose. So Lauren Coleman actually, like in his research, asked for for any, any reports of a moose in the area between like, I think he asked for like 74 to 78 or something just to give it like a buffer. Yeah. And he said they get they got back to him and said that the only two only two accounts of a moose, one was killed and one was like moved elsewhere safer. They were both full grown male moose. I always feel like I want to say meese. A moosei? A moosey. Mooses. But the mooses they Meese. Meese. The mooses like don't geese. they don't go to Massachusetts. Right. Um so it that doesn't make any sense either. Because they aren't even there. And it definitely wasn't a baby one. And it definitely wasn't only three to four feet tall. Because the only way a moose is actually that big is when it's a newborn. And let's talk about something else. So we're just talking about the first encounter. Let's talk about the second encounter. Again. Standing on his fucking hind legs. I'd be horrified. <laughs> right? If a moose like Rocky and Bullwinkle over here just stood up and right, walked right. towards you. But you know what's even weirder than that? Explain to me what the theory is about the fingers. <laughs> so here's the theory about the fingers, guys. Okay, I need you to listen. A moose with just this, like one crevice in its hooves. One crevice in its hooves. Now, listen to me. You might be thinking a moose with fingers is scary, but don't be thinking that because obviously when it's standing on a rock, leaning up against a tree like a stripper, its hooves are entangled in vines. It's got vines stuck between obviously, its hooves. Obviously. That's right? exactly what it looked like. Yeah. And they're perfectly wrapped around the tree. Yeah. Moose. Also, this guy who said this, by the way, he said that uh, he said that the moose horns would also explain the size of And then like uh, Lauren Coleman's <laughs> comment was all like, first of all, moose don't have horns, they have antlers. Yeah. Uh, moose like, uh, a moose doesn't have horns, guys. This thing is not a bull. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of inaccuracies with the moose. Even, it should be noted, one guy, I can't remember his name, another guy wrote a book and he included the moose as a real theory and then he updated his book and uh, pulled that back and said that it was not a real theory. So yeah. even people that have accepted it before have kind of wisened up and have decided that's not a real thing. It but I think the, the sheer, the sheerest issue here is that moose are fucking huge. Yeah. And the point here too, is that April is too early usually for like newborns to, to be born. Right. <laughs> and usually like, you know, later in spring or in summertime. And so it's more realistic to assume that this moose, especially since it would be on its own, is almost a year old, if not a year old. And by the time a moose is a year old, it's like 650 fucking pounds. Yeah. And probably the height of Cameron. Yeah. I just want to bring up real quick, this podcast, when I came up with the idea of wanting to start this, I was not expecting to be researching a moose's anatomy. <laughs> this is a weird thing. Uh, so that's one thing that's kind of come out of this that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is for a Wait, moose. I got one more. Okay, what do you got? Um, then the problem, which I mentioned this earlier, the reason why it's so important that these creatures were sighted around midnight is because moose are not nocturnal creatures at all. They're usually sighted around the afternoon and late evening, but like they usually like, yeah, like they, they fade out well before these would have been sighted. Yeah. And so that doesn't make any sense. I forgot what it's called. It's like, it's not nocturnal, but it's not whatever daytime is. It's like dine, dineral. Duskatoos. Yeah. They, they're no, more active in the afternoon. It's not that. And but, evening. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's why the moose doesn't make sense to me. It, I don't think that's a valid theory. Yeah. So then people actually tried to, to, to digress from that and say, okay, well, then maybe it was like a foal, like a baby horse, or like a baby cow, or a baby deer, and like... That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. If not just for the wall instance. It just the wall. And the, the problem with this is not even just the wall. It's all of the witness accounts, the way it describes the movement of like limbs. Yeah. You have very stiff creatures that people are trying to claim that this is. I don't know if you've ever seen a horse wrap its legs around something. Yeah, no. It doesn't work also, like that. All three accounts distinctly saw fingers. Like, really right. creepy, long, like, I-I-esque fingers. Yeah. 
Like, even if we're going Bo- BoJack Horseman on this with, like, the movable limbs and, like, bend it anyway, he doesn't have fingers. So <laughs> even a cartoon animal would not work for this. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, maybe, though, if you find something where you think maybe it's a moose, you find something better. Maybe you think moose should be meese. I think that for the plural. Uh, but let us know that. And also, they all said it was orange. And they all said what it was orange. orange. Maybe he ran into a Cheeto truck. Orange dust everywhere. I digress. Speaking of animals, then people have also <laughs> um, thought that maybe it's like an escaped zoo animal or like some kind of exotic pet that somebody had bought. Yeah. Um, which, if any of you have seen Tiger King, is been a long running illegal business. Yeah, and let's so let's go into this. I was uh, I was looking at this before the podcast. So. There was a problem with bringing exotic animals over kind of in the early days of modern society in this country. We're talking about like 50s, 60s. Uh, But in the 70s, the exotic animal trade was specifically made illegal. And what do we have here? We have an animal from 77 that's being spotted. And what happens when you make things illegal? Just look at prohibition. And how many people have released animals that they can't take care of? They've done it consistently. Just look at Florida. Look at Colorado. We had two, in one of our uh, state parks, we had two squid-like creatures or octopus. I can't remember if it was octopuses I think it was an or squids. I think I it was an octopus. That, but it died but really quickly. It, they found it on the shore. So yeah. it never lived because they can't live in uh, freshwater. They have to be in saltwater. So people drop them all the time. But yeah, like I was going to bring up the anacondas too. Anacondas, anacondas are a fun one for me because... So the exotic animal one really for this falls under monkey, which a lot of people say there's no way it was a monkey. However, I don't get that. I mean, literally all of them said it had a monkey-like body anyway. Well, and here's a huge thing is what did we have happen in Florida? People were like, I'm seeing an anaconda. People were like, you're crazy. No, it became a cryptid, a very short-lived cryptid because now they are all over. I literally read an article today about a man that killed one. So they are all over Florida. So... The the fact that people say it couldn't have been a monkey doesn't make any sense. It very much could have been because if you have a monkey and you can't take care of it, as monkeys are often well known to be hard to take care of, yeah. and you let it out in a rural area that you happen to live in because you live in a rich colonial area, like that type of air house area, and you let it out in that area, people are probably going to see it. But it's not going to last that long in that area. It might last maybe just a little over 24 hours. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's surrounded by forest. And it, right. like you looked up earlier, it's full of wolves and coyotes and other predators. And where if you let loose any small animal, it's going to get fucking eaten. And even if it wasn't eaten, people say, well, how come no one else saw it after this? It is less than half a mile from the middle point of where these sightings were to two different reservations. And a mile to the uh, west, you also have another reservation. But if it was just following the creek in a straight line, which it was, uh, whatever this thing was, if it was following the creek in a straight line, then it would have been directly towards like the southern reservation. And it could have gotten there. Again, we're talking about a mile at the most. At the most, it would have been a mile travel, which is not very far. I just, I don't understand why no one is thinking like maybe it's a monkey because like... I just like I think back to the the one of the last episodes of the Tiger King documentary where like the dude just has like a fucking cage of lemurs and he's like yeah I just sell them to people like cats. But what point like, he's trying to build himself out just selling a bunch of things. Exactly. Yeah, this is not a Tiger King documentary, but I mean it's, it's important in this case. It just like it just shows that people had shit like monkeys that you could just fucking buy illegally and have with no certification to own a giant monkey, but like. It fits the description. The only real thing is the head, but it was also like nighttime, you know? It could have been anything. I mean, there's like hundreds of species of monkeys. I mean, it could have been anything. There's also a famous case. Uh, I would have to look it back up. It's something I want to talk about on the show eventually. But there's a famous case where someone saw an alien creature with like like a big creature. And it was looked at and someone said it was most likely an owl standing on top of a bush <laughs> in the dark. And you have those types of things. And it was like this famous alien sighting. And it turned out to most likely not be an alien. But it was kind of an interesting case. And this kind of shows uh, how you can get the same effect through silhouetting. And also when you're driving past. But like one of the big things though is like the first one, the wall was like behind it was just an open field. 
So like you would have had like full view of whatever was on top of the wall. But yeah, I mean, it could have been any, I mean, it could have been a silhouette that made this thing look bigger. Also at night, things tend to look bigger when you're spraying headlights on them. But That's... like, could you imagine living somewhere like Massachusetts and then seeing a monkey on the side of the road? I feel like it'd be like a little scary for a second. Cause like, you're not used to seeing animals like that. You're seeing stiff-legged fucking deer and shit. Well, and again, like you're not seeing a monkey. You're seeing the silhouette of something that looks Creepy. like a primate crawling across the wall. The only thing is like, it's hairless is what most of them say. But you can have, like, a short-haired monkey that looks hairless. Who knows? Yeah. It's also bright orange. Yeah. Which there are a lot of monkeys that are, like, bright orange. Yeah, if you ever look at pictures of monkeys that are bright orange, uh, there's a lot of monkeys. And it wasn't That's an orangutan. Theory. I'm going to say it's not an orangutan because I heard some people say that. And it, I don't think it was because they're weirdly... They're, I was, like, trying to entertain that theory because orangutans have, like, huge heads. But they're super furry. They're not they're like, super thin. They're like a long-haired cat. Let, well, I do want to bring up real quick, though, actually talking about the super thin thing with an exotic animal as well, is if you're struggling to take care of an exotic animal, if you can't feed it properly, it's also going to be malnourished. And this thing sounded extremely thin. Yeah. And it's often well, drawn like as like being able it. to see the ribs and stuff like that, too. And it had like a thin neck and mm -hmm. like it. And like, a bigger I think, head. I think the first guy said it looked like a like a child with a distended belly. Well, and the 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 good way to like look at this, too, is that when you see any animal, any living creature on this planet, when it shrinks in size in its body, its head tends to stay the same size because your skull doesn't shrink. Yeah. So if you have a monkey that is shrinking heavily... It could look like that. So that's why people think it's a monkey or, I mean, some type of exotic animal. I ruled out lizard pretty quickly or any type of <laughs> reptile because I looked up pictures and reptiles don't have eyes in the front of their face. Again, that would be something that's, like, terrifying. Like, if you saw a reptile with those type of eyes. Yeah, they were definitely, like, front-facing humanoid right. eyes. Right. Not on the side at all. It was not, like, even close to the side. Like, all mm -hmm. the drawings had head space around the eyeballs on yeah. the sides. So, like... It's definitely sort of ish humanoid mammal like. There's nothing that you could really get away with in terms of any other type of creature. More of a, I mean, pretty much you have to be on the primate side if you're going to go with exotic creature. But I mean, that's pretty much all you've got for ex for an exotic creature. But there were some people who said not so much exotic creature, not so much horse or moose. They just claimed the teenagers were hoaxing. Right? Yeah, because fuck teenagers, right? Basically. Because fuck teenagers and their their thing but mostly like the thing with that one is that, that was only people from outside the town that said these kids were making it up because if you ask anyone which lauren coleman actually did go around and interview like their family their friends their teachers and pretty much anybody that knew them that would be willing to talk to him and all of them said that they were of good character they were all pretty you know normal kids that probably have like they had never done anything like that before they weren't pranksters they weren't jokesters and they probably wouldn't make up something like this. So, like, pretty much, like, I think everyone except for, like, one dumbass um, said that these kids were reliable and they believed them. And I think it was only the girl's dad, I think, that we mentioned earlier that said, like, oh, she didn't see this thing. She probably just saw an animal. But he, he even still said she saw something yeah again like he wasn't writing her off as like oh you're just driving at night or whatever we have one professor who said that he didn't trust one of the students he only knew one of them he didn't trust that account and he said something along the lines he's probably just lying about it but again that professor we'll just call him professor professorson his opinion doesn't count because it's too he's the half a percent out of the rest of the people yeah like, i mean, I mean like there's so many other people that everyone's parents everyone's that. teachers everyone's friends i think the best one there is the teachers because the teachers don't have any any like reason really to say yeah they're definitely good kids yeah and for me this one isn't a hoax like i kind of just want to debunk that really quick because i don't when you when you look at a hoax usually there's something to gain there's profit there's fame there's something but in all of these people's cases not a single one has made money off of this Nobody continues yeah. to profit off of this. Nobody and, really wants to tell their story, and oftentimes they're ridiculed for it. Yeah, that, that's something that I brought up earlier, is actually none of them wanted to go directly to the press or the police or anything from the beginning. They were just scared. And it just it had to eventually come out after, after several days that these kids had seen the same exact fucking thing. They just start to spread. I mean, it's a small town. Yeah, but like that wasn't like the initial thought here is, oh, we invented this creature and we need to go tell everyone right now. That's usually what happens with the hoax, because you're looking for immediate fame. Like, I saw this, I gotta tell people. But they didn't do that. Let's talk about what it, what else it might have been. Now, we mentioned it could be in like the fairy family. You could have something like that. 
It could be an exotic animal, so oh, it could wait, be... can you talk about the mermaid thing real quick? Or mer, mer creature? I don't remember enough about the mer creature. Really. It wasn't really a very long section. Uh, but it was... It, so, it was like they, there was some dude, I guess, that, that approached Coleman and said that, oh, in his research, he's seen things like this. And it was like a pygmy mer creature. And he assumed that it was like, there's certain ones I think I've read before that live in like creeks and freshwater and stuff they like that. They travel creeks. Yeah. yeah. And it, they come from Native American folklore. That's a different one, I think. No, it's the same type of creature. They're it's just like a they're mer considered creature. mer creatures now. But they've come from Native like a water American folklore. Nymph kind of yeah, thing, I guess, is what they assumed it was. I but think we've actually talked about them on this before. I don't know. But we like, brought them up before. It wasn't really a sound theory. It was kind of just like, oh, this is worth mentioning. Like, but yeah. So, so we've gone over some of the. So we've gone over the fact that it could be an exotic creature. So it could be something very real, possibly. Just definitely not part of Massachusetts. Could life. <laughs> be a mermaid in a tiny creek. It could be a moose on a wall. It's, it's not, not even really a, a creek. A it's literally called a brook. Yeah. It's it's and it's it's not a moose. It's on a, wall, a little bit of running water. Yeah. It, it's also not a moose, people. If you have video of a moose walking across a thin wall, I would like to see it. But what we have here is the last theory on our list today, and probably both of our favorites here, which is the gray. You guys have probably heard about grays before. If you've listened to our podcast before, you've heard about grays. We brought them up briefly. Uh, eventually we'll probably do an episode on them just to kind of talk more about them, kind of get into their world or about whether or not they're getting into ours. But the gray is the most popular type of alien out They're like your little bobble-headed, like just bipedal, shrimpy little aliens with the giant eyes and the big head. You know, the one that was, um, I think it was Roswell that they started. Their origin starts, actually, the grays uh, starts with in the 60s mainly with Betty and Barney Hill and the close encounter of the fourth kind with them. And actually, I think it went a bit further than that. But that that's kind of where we got the first real description of the greys. But they also came with the Roswell crash. It's it's a similar looking creature. And it's the I think the only difference between those two is the skin color. Yeah. But as we talked about, this thing has kind of a similar head to what greys are often described as having. It's got this weird, bulbous, watermelon-shaped bobblehead. And I think the giant eyes are one of the main things, too. Giant eyes, they're very thin. But this theory is more interesting than just an alien. It's not just an alien walking around, because we've got this thing crawling around. It's hanging onto trees, stuff like that. Well, they also part of the theory is that like the reason why it disappeared so quickly is because it just kind of took off into space. Well, right. But, or whatever. But the most interesting part of this theory is that it could be a gray in a spacesuit. Well, yeah, because of the, the fact that they said that there's no mouth or nose or ears, although I don't think greys usually have ears anyway. But I, I saw a speculation that it could be an alien in a spacesuit. Like, that's the space helmet that we're seeing. I think that's so interesting. Like, I never thought of the greys like that, because sometimes the greys are described as being mouthless and noseless. Right, and... And so just think about it as a little, as a little terrestrial spacesuit. And hearing this about the greys, in terms of like going into that mythos and going into that world, you kind of like, you think about all of the sightings and you put the idea of them in a spacesuit and all of a sudden the sightings start to make a little more sense in, in that realm. It almost seems weirdly accurate to their narrative. <laughs> I just think it's so cute. Which is like, they pick like a, a skin-ish color and they're like, oh, I can blend in. <laughs> I'm gonna make my spacesuit people color. I just see it as like a spy, and he's just like spying on this town, and then he gets caught in headlights. <laughs> just on a wall, crawling. Doo 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 doo. And remember, there is the whole bit where this thing was walking on two legs towards the other guy. Yeah, that's creepy as fuck. Which also goes into the fact that it could be a gray. So, I mean, what we could have really had is that a gray got caught off guard, this is the theory, like on a rock wall, and then ran away. Just and imagine then it ran it's into pitch another black person. outside. I don't know how good street lamps are if they even had them in this little town. You're walking home at midnight and you see something walking towards you at midnight. It won't talk to you. It runs away from you. What the fuck? That's the, that's the creepiest thing. Yeah. And now, like, imagine it's an alien. Yeah. But I think that one's fun because I think that one 
like if you're gonna go the alien route and you're gonna believe in aliens you're gonna believe that they're here and you're gonna believe that's a real that you can have encounters with them that's a solid route to go with the alien in a spacesuit and it would actually make a lot like i said it would make a lot of other sightings make more sense like how are they walking around on our planet perfectly fine and things like that it's got a spacesuit alien spacesuit <laughs> which hasn't been mentioned because the sightings are just slightly off i mean we know witness accounts often change certain details so, I just thought that one was so interesting. Yeah. But, like, um, I think two of the people that Lauren Coleman um, got to help him investigate this, like, because there really wasn't much of, like, a cryptozoology thing at the time. Um, he was kind of the one and only. And so he, he got ufologists to help him out. Because, I mean, there wasn't a lot of cryptozoologists available. He wasn't the only one, but... I mean, he yeah, was, like, the big lot. one. Well, yeah. But he, so he, he actually got the help of ufologists, or UFOologists, however you want to say this, <laughs> to help him investigate the Dover Demon. But also, it's called the Dover Demon just because he happened to have a working title for this and didn't really know what it was when he was investigating it, and he's the one that named it this. Yeah, he named it Dover Demon, uh, and then later the news got a hold of it, and they called it the Dover Demon after that, but it was his originally. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's an interesting theory. But So we've kind of talked about debunking along the line here, but we can go into it a little bit more in detail briefly. But we have quite a few things that this could be. It's right? not a moose. We can rule out a moose. It's not a hoax. And the hoax for me, we've said this so many times on here, we're going to keep saying it. I'm at least going to keep saying it. Even if you think they're lying... Or that they've made up some details, like one of the uh, Baxter is thought of to have possibly made up some details, or made it a little bit more exciting. Well, like when they explain it too, like he's younger, he's like sixteen or something, yeah. fifteen, and they, I mean, there's so many people asking him questions and asking him to say the same thing over and over and over again, and so you feel like a little bit of pressure to be like more interesting than you actually are, right? And especially when your story is being compared to two others that are like strikingly similar, but right. like. One dude drew it better than you did, yeah. so you, you you feel like you need to like embellish a little bit. But even then, like he still didn't really stray from his story. Yeah, but as I was saying, like we've said it multiple times, even if they're, even if not all of it is true, there's always that grain of truth in witness accounts. Like they saw something. They saw something, and in this case, they absolutely saw something. Now, whether they saw an alien, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, whether they even saw something living. I, I, I mean, I'm honestly going to go more the route they saw an alien than they saw a moose. I would believe that. I think the moose the is moose. the dumbest The moose option. is stupid, guys. It's not a moose. It's not real. If you Mo think it's a moose... A moose is real. That's not what I'm saying. If you think it's a moose, you need to go see a moose in person because that thing is way too fucking big to be three feet tall. It really is, but... Um, I don't even think it's born three feet tall. But you can't rule out... I mean, like, I'm not going to say it was a hoax. I Three different people... Three different kids or three different sightings... Four different people. Yeah. I would say that they all definitely saw something. I think they all saw something that looked very similar since they all described it the exact same way. But I don't think it was a hoax. So we can roll that one out. Now, going into the exotic creatures, Lauren Coleman is quick to rule that out. But I don't think that's fair. It's the only thing I disagree with him on. I think it's too quick to rule out exotic animal i mean maybe we didn't dig around enough but i think it's really weird that like because we, we looked at other sources not just lauren coleman's well yeah we but did. i mean like no one said well maybe it was a monkey because they all said it looked like a monkey body well there were no there were some people that, there are plenty of people that said it was a monkey i mean someone emailed lauren coleman another investigator emailed lauren coleman and said that it well, looked like a monkey there there are other people that say it's a monkey the the thing here though is that it seems to quick by cryptozoologists themselves it's quickly yeah. ruled out for some reason by the main people investigating this they're the ones who are like no it's not a monkey but they also they then say that they don't know what it is like they don't try and claim that it's anything and i think most realistically probably could have been a monkey well, like I we mean, watched one thing where that one girl was like I don't know, I have some ideas, but they're all exotic animals, and she, like, wasn't willing to say what they are. Right. Like, you never know. Somebody could have bought one illegally. Yeah, and and then, like, to go into, again, like, go into the debunking of the alien here, the thing about the alien is there's no reported UFOs in that area during that time. The only reported UFOs we have in that area in remotely anywhere near the 70s is in the early 70s, and it's yeah. by people who say that they're not even entirely sure what they saw. They just saw something. But... That doesn't... I mean, like, the, the case for that is not strong at all. Even the witnesses say that they are not even 
sure what they remember anymore for that. So there's no reported UFOs in the area. So I'm going to have to say that most likely, even though I want it to be a little gray dude in a suit, <laughs> probably not real. <laughs> so where does that leave us? What, what do you believe? I think it was a monkey or like some kind of weird animal that isn't usually in the area. I think it most likely was a monkey. I think that's... Just like the fact that all three of them said it had a monkey body, but a weird head. It had a monkey body. It's gripping its fingers. I mean, like, the one on the wall was specifically mentioned to be gripping its fingers around the rocks inside of, like, where well, like, the Well, and the tree. Was. Like, if you think about a monkey, its first safe place is going to be a tree. And it's going to hold onto a tree. It's going to balance itself on the tree. It's possible that what he saw melded to the tree wasn't even anything melded to the tree, but something sitting on something. Like, I mean, it could be, again, like we have the owl on a bush. It could be a monkey sitting on a bush or near a bush. You're in a dark area. I don't know how many people, first of all, this is the 70s, so it's not as lit up as it is now. And I don't know how many people have ever been to, like, those type of rural areas at night. It's It's hard to see things. It's dark as fuck. You are relying on the moon most of the time. Now imagine a 1977 car headlights right those things are not bright yeah and they're very yellow they're very yellow which would explain the orange eyes and and also i wanted to point out with the monkey idea um the will the will tainter guy yeah he said that the only thing he saw was it kind of get up on its hind legs like it kind of had its its front legs up in the air which have you ever seen like have you ever gotten a monkey's interest or seen like somebody offer a monkey something, it'll get up on its hind legs. Or even like our cat. <laughs> they get up higher to see what's going on, to yeah. seem bigger. So it's going to balance on its back legs and look at you. Especially monkeys. I mean, if you've ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean, Ace Ventura, I mean, anything with a monkey main character. Because if, if you're you going to offer them something or threaten them with something, they're going to have their front hands free yeah. to grab or fight. Yeah. So I, I think it's a monkey. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of go that same route. I think definitely it was an exotic animal. What type of primate it was, don't know. But I don't think it was anything huge. While I don't think it was anything tiny either. Uh, there are orange monkeys that are just the right size. There's also baby monkeys, which are just the right size. And they're and like bright orange. Fun fact in the exotic animal trade, they have a tendency to trade babies, get rid of them after the time they get just coming out of babies. Because yeah. they become extremely hard to deal with. Remember, monkeys, as they grow can get the strength to rip off human flesh. So they are incredibly dangerous to deal with. And that's a real case. Yeah, no, that's an actual thing that I'm talking about. So don't have a monkey pet. But that I'm going to have to go that route. And I think there's a good chance that it was probably malnourished. I think that someone had let it go like that. It didn't know what to do. It was probably looking for people, but it kept getting scared because everything around it is scary. It has a car fly by it. It Mm -hmm. has a person run up to it it sounds like like fast walking up to it which it ran away again but it didn't run too far away so i think then can you imagine encountering a monkey standing up on its hind legs in the road at night like that sounds terrifying too (laughs) and looking up predators in the area uh you have coyotes i saw one thing that said wolves i couldn't confirm whether or not there are a lot of wolves in the area but in other what i saw was coyotes wolves and bears a monkey is not going to last long in a dangerous area that no. it's not used to, especially a house monkey that's never actually lived in the wild, mm-hmm. not going to survive. And my opinion is that it was a baby monkey. I think it was a smaller it was probably young. monkey. It was probably young. And either it made it to the reservation and died there, or one of three reservations that were close, or it just didn't even make it that far. Or the person whose animal it was, this is one thing we didn't bring up, I guess, whoever released it or lost it, picked it back up. Yeah, maybe they lost it. it. Who knows? Maybe they lost it and then they picked it back up. I mean, and also, if you get rid of it, you're not going to tell people in the 70s when it's illegal to have one in the first place. Yeah. You're not going to say anything about that because that would be bad on your end. So you're obviously going to stay quiet. So if anyone had it, that's why no one would speak up. No one in their right mind would speak up. If I had an illegal animal and it escaped, it'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, hey, by the way, uh, Zabumafu's in my house. Yeah. Uh, you can arrest me now. Yeah, exactly. So. No. But doubt it was a lemur. They're not yeah. really orange, but... Hair dye. <laughs> Hair dye. Well, that's all we got for you today. Uh, let us know if you know more about the Dover Demon case. I think we covered pretty much everything there is I think, about it. I think I'm going to uh, put up a poll, and you can vote on what you think it is. Is yeah. it a moose? Is it an alien? Did the teenagers make it up? Or is it a monkey slash exotic animal? Right. Ex- slash exotic animal. <laughs> So please look for that poll. Uh, We will put that up. If we don't put that up, yell at us. We're going to put it up. But 
the poll go up. Let us know if you've maybe seen a Dover Demon. Let us know if you've seen a gray and you think it was in a suit, any suit. It could be a nice fitted suit. It could be a suit and tie. Just like a regular business suit. Classic. Could be shoulder pads. Mm. Anything. 80s. But most likely space suit. If you think you've seen one, you think it was in a space suit, let us know. Uh, yeah, let us know how we're doing. Feel Massachusetts listeners, us. tell us how Massachusetts is with your cryptids and shit. Yeah, if you're in... I feel like you're second to West Virginia. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're in that area, then uh, let us know. And let us know what you think about the Dover Demon. How many people are there on April 21st annoying the fuck out of you guys? It sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's been like 40 years now, so... I don't know, I'm sure people still go back for the anniversary to see if it's there. But yeah, follow us on our social medias if you haven't already, if this is your first time listening. If it's not your first time listening and you haven't followed us on your social medias, what are you doing? Really? Guess what? Now you can just Google conspiracy say what, and oh, we actually come up. That's right, we're actually on... We're real. We're on the Goog. So you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And you can follow us on Podbean too. Um, like our stuff, comment on our stuff, leave us reviews, tell us if you think we're cool or if you think we should stop, but we're not going to. So send us funny pictures if you've got them. Love seeing funny pictures. You no, know, we'll still send shit to Jason. If and you send always, us to Jason. if you listen to the past episodes, Jason asked for a lot of cryptid smile. So I'm sure free. he would be just as happy to get some Dover Demon smut. So even though he is no longer on the podcast, he's still real. He's still very real. He, he sent us his mailing that. address. He's eloped with Mothman, but you know we, we know where to find him. Happy marriage, those two. All right. Anyway, well, thank you for listening. Bye. As always, stay stitches. Okay, bye. Conspiracy. <laughs>